Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Jennifer, and this is For the Fans, the podcast where we talk all things TV, movies, fans, and fandoms. All right, everyone. I am so excited for this episode. Well, I say that every episode, but... I guess So I guess that statement really holds no weight, whatever, but I really am so excited for this episode because we're talking about Gossip Girl. Like so many young women out there, uh, millennial and Gen Z individuals, I base like half my personality and personal style on at least one of the characters for like at least a year or two. So <laughs> I have a lot to say about this uh, show. I started watching Gossip Girl Uh, Freshman year of high school, I had this friend from all the way back in elementary school who was obsessed with Gossip Girl in, like, middle school. And after several lunch table pitches of her trying to convince me to watch the show, I finally gave in and decided to watch it. To say that I was hooked would be a massive understatement. To this day, I'm obsessed with that show. It truly was and still is a touchstone in the world of teen TV. I have so much to say about this show, like I said. I could talk for hours and hours and hours about it, but we do not have hours and hours and hours. And so today in this episode, our focus is going to be on the impact of Gossip Girl on fashion, uh, tourism, and just the behavior of fans of Gossip Girl. We're basically going to be talking about the chokehold that Gossip Girl had on the consumer behavior of its fans in the 2000s and even to this day as we're seeing a Y2K resurgence. So without further ado, I am going to share my conversation with fellow Gossip Girl fan and dear friend of mine, Kat. I want to welcome you, Kat, to the podcast for the fans. I'm very excited. We're going to be talking about Gossip Girl today. Um... So I guess just to start off, like, when did you watch Gossip Girl? Were you someone that watched it, like, back when it was coming out or later on Netflix? Like, when did you start watching it? I think I watched it, like, illegally when I was, like, in (laughs) middle school or something. But then I rewatched it, like, a bunch of times. And in high school, I, like, rewatched it when my ex-boyfriend broke up with me. And then by the time I finished rewatching it, I was over It's, like, a great comfort show in that time. Um... Okay, yeah, because, like, for me, I I had this friend, um, like, that I went to school with who was so obsessed with Gossip Girl, and she was, like, like she had, like, a fan page, and she was so into yeah. it, she about it. And, but I never, it's like, I was familiar with it, and then when the finale came out, we, like, sat at the lunch table, and she was like, you've got to watch the finale, even if you haven't watched the entire show. So I literally watched the finale, like, when it came out, oh like, every year that was. But I was like, what? Yeah, like, you don't know anything, you're just watching the yeah, finale. Yeah, I, like, hadn't seen anything, so I was like, okay. So then I, then in high school, like... I went back, like, because it was on Netflix and, like, watched yeah. all of it. But I've watched it, like, like it, I feel like it's it's my comfort show. Like, sure. when, you know, when things go wrong in my life, I'm like, Gossip Girl season one. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're always, like, going around doing stuff, yeah. like, doing cool things, wearing cool things. Like, Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so, like, why were you captivated by it? Like, why do you love Gossip Girl? I've, I've never even been to New York, and Same. I don't know. I, like... I, I, I could never be one of those people that, like, lives like that. <laughs> so even, yeah. like, I remember Dan Humphrey's, like, little apartment is, like, yeah. not cheap. Like, oh they're God, all no. actually super rich. So, <laughs> I mean, everything on that show is, like, a lie. But oh that's God. probably why. Yeah, like, the way that they act, like, Dan Yeah, Humphrey Dan's, like, is, poor. Like, on the and, like, this <laughs> gigantic. In, like, like, that loft would definitely cost, and it's, like, like cool. $6 yeah. dollars. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. So, yeah, like, the escapism, you would yeah, say? Yeah, and I, I went to, like, a high school that had uniforms, so mm-hmm. I guess that, that tickled okay. that part of my brain, too. Yeah, so. okay, I love that. Um, so, yeah, obviously, like, we're both big Gossip Girl fans, <laughs> and we could talk a mile a minute about, like, yeah. any given any Gossip Girl topic, <laughs> but specifically, I want to focus on, like, the impact of Gossip Girl on fashion, like, Mm -hmm. our generation, our age group that's, like, on the cusp of being a millennial, but we're actually Gen Z, and just with the whole, like, Y2K resurgence, like, there's such a renewed interest in Gossip Girl, and, you know, like, 2000s trends and stuff, 
So we'll like kind of focus on that. I'm wondering, do you, was there like a specific character or outfit or look or style in that show that like impacted you? Uh, I mean, I'd say like all of them. I was I, okay. I'm just gonna go. Serena, go she had cool outfits, but they were questionable. You know right. what I mean? It's like. <laughs> It was, like, that stuff. And then Blair was super preppy. Um, so I feel like every girl that watched that show, like, took parts of, like, what they liked mm. probably from each outfit. I did like Jenny's outfits for a little bit. Yeah. Then she got, like, really off the, yeah. off the wagon. That was cool. <laughs> that was, like, a little punk whatever yeah, moment. But, um, yeah, I see what you mean because it's, like, some of that stuff's kind of coming back. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny. Yeah. Because, like, I remember when I watched that, I like, okay, I feel like... I'm, like, a, you know, like, short, opinionated brunette <laughs> that likes to be in charge. So, like, obviously Blair. I was obsessed with Blair. Like, <laughs> obviously. So I was like, oh, that's me. Oh, I, I like Georgina. Oh, my God, Georgina. <laughs> I, the older I got, grew to really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, crazy. So I, like, definitely was like, oh, like, I need to, any part of me that isn't like Blair, I need to fix yeah. to be like Blair. <laughs> so I was like, but, like, specifically with her style, which, like, I don't know, it's funny because you can look back at the pictures and be like, it's, like, weird. It's, like, it was timeless and iconic, but it was also very of its time. Yeah, it was like, so, yeah. Like, it's not actually, like... Like, I feel put like, those people right now yeah, in the Starbucks, and they'd exactly. be like, what are you wearing? But at the t- it was so of its time, mm-hmm. and it was so iconic at the time. Um, but, so, yeah, so I was, like, doing a little, like, research. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give credit to this YouTube channel, Modern Girls on YouTube, just really quick, because I want... Like, when I was, like, preparing for this episode... They have this video called um, Gossip Girls Impact on Fashion and TV in the 2000s. And it's a really great, they do, this channel does, like, just video essays, like, analyzing fashion and Y2K stuff, whatever. And I watched that video, and I learned so much. And they do a really good job talking about all the different ways that Gossip Girl impacted fashion and whatever. And, you know, they talk about how, like, in 2009, there was a a Gossip Girl-inspired clothing line oh at Target sold out in 24 hours of and, it did. and you know they t- they talk about um how which is this is just like no, this fun, is cool yeah like, this is like a fun little like tidbit of um fashion slash tv mm-hmm. slash advertising history kind of the intersection of those three fields is that you know like before Gossip Girl you know, fashion brands, specifically these, like, high-end designer, luxury, whatever, these brands did not see the marketing potential that TV oh, had, yeah. specifically what, no, totally. TV, to really sell clothes. Like, obviously, you know, TV is in- influential and, you know, whatever, product placement has been around for a long time. Like an but it girl through a TV yeah, show. Yeah, they, didn't, they really didn't understand how much potential there was in selling clothes through these teen shows. And so it wasn't till the success of, like, the early episodes, like that first season of Gossip Girl, that all these brands were like, oh, wait, this yeah, is genius. Yeah, let me, let me get in on and this. And then, so then, like, the, the you know, costume designers started getting, like, like Chanel and, like, oh all these God. brands would, like, send them stuff. Yeah, like, like, please. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, just funny. That's but, cool. Um, but I just, I don't know, I just think that's interesting because, like, we were, it was a little bit before our time in the sense that, like, yeah, we were at the time it little. came out, we didn't have Yeah, jobs. that like, wasn't we, our interest. Yeah, like, we didn't have money. We weren't having, like, affairs with, yeah. like, whoever. Yeah, like, we were, yeah, like, we were not, you know, living the scandalous lives of Manhattan's lead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we were not, you know, like, we were not old enough to be. I mean, I was, we're also both from Texas, so. No, I'm not from Texas. You're not from, you're from fucking. I'm from Illinois. <laughs> I got that one right It's okay, I'll leave it out. I'm from Illinois. I know. I thought you were from Dallas for whatever reason. You're so. I well, know you're from Chicago. I, Eddie, I was Eddie. just in Dallas, and I will say on the subject of Gossip yeah, Girl. Yeah, Dallas. Dallas, very Gossip Girl. At least <laughs> I was staying near that. the SMU campus, very, very Gossip Girl. But mm-hmm. that's beside the point. More science than the point. But, um, no, but anyway, I just think it's so interesting because, like, you know, specifically with, like, millennials, like, they were actively buying the clothes. Right. But for us, even though we, when that show came out, like, weren't buying no, yeah. the clothes, it still impacted our fashion. You know what I mean? Because I remember then, like, in high school, because I was involved in a lot of, like, you know, like, organizations yeah. and, like, leadership things. So I, like, sometimes had to go to meetings or, like, whatever. And I literally remember I would, like, buy blouses and be like, no, that's, this is a Blair That's Walmart awesome. Blouse. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And so... I'm just wondering, like, like, do you think that, like, there's anything specific from Gossip Girl, like, any specific looks or, like, 
you're not even necessarily fashion, but like ways that that has impacted you as like a consumer or like as like a, you know what I mean? Like, like has that made you want to go to New York? Has it made you want to go to these restaurants and places uh, they go? I mean, realistically, realistically, no. I think that's why I like the show so much because yeah, I'm like living vicariously yeah. through them. But um, yeah, I I don't I can't think of anything like specific that right. they impacted me with. But definitely, like, whenever I look at some clothes, you know, it's just you can it's became such like an iconic show and mm. iconic characters that people like. I feel like most girls that I've seen, like, they can associate, like, you know, yeah. a fancy little blouse with Blair Waldorf. And yeah. just, like, the way they present themselves. Like, Serena being, like, the cool, like, fun blonde girl mm. wearing the cool, fun blonde clothes. Yeah. So I feel like it's also just, like, a personality whenever you, like, wear yeah. those clothes. So it's fun. No, definitely. I think, like, like, yeah, like you said, even, I feel like, yeah, the thing is with Gossip Girl, like, well, there's people like me and, like, a lot of people who were genuinely, like, oh, I like that look, I'm going to buy something similar. But then I think, yeah, even if you weren't, like, directly, like, oh, I'm going to buy this because it looks like something Serena Vanderwood mm-hmm. more, it still is, like... For me, a lot. Of, I like a lot of the songs. Um, yeah, um, yeah, that is... Oh, my gosh, that is such a good point. And I find that that is such a thing with, like, teen shows of that time. Yeah! Like, excellent soundtracks, like Vampire Diaries. I remember, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... see, like, oh... Snaps. Sorry. <laughs> like, mm, what you say? <laughs> the Thanksgiving. Episode. Yes. Oh my gosh. No. I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm sorry. Now no, I'm thinking about Lily Vanderwoods and style. Oh, no. No, she had that clean do. cut thing. About. I'm just yeah. trying, trying to think of all of them. I hated Vanessa's. Her style. Was yeah. Nice. It was like I wanted Easily. to be like that boho little cute person, but then yeah. Vanessa made me like not everyone. No, do that's that. the thing because I feel like her fashion was so disjointed. But I feel like, yeah, like, kind of you were saying... And she was, like, like, not that much of a likable character at some point, too. Yeah, that's true. So you're not going to want to, like, buy her clothes because she sucks. Exactly, yeah. And, like, I think that, the and, you know, the things that she wore, like, also because she was not supposed to be as rich as the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of made it look like that. That was probably intentional. But, yeah, I think, like, kind of like you said, like, you know, a lot of people would associate with, like, a, a fancy, cute little blouse with Blair. It's, like... There are so many looks that we now, even if yeah. even if you're not like, oh, I'm gonna buy that. You do associate. Yeah, with I think it's a know? whole like I I can't speak for my subconscious, but I know she's working yeah. really hard every time <laughs> I like go shopping. I know she's like, oh, Serena, oh, Blair. Like, like I just can't. Okay, think like of it. so in in like this video that uh, this video essay that I watched about the style, like they just you know they talked about a plethora of like specific clothing items that yeah really I, w- I need to watch I'm gonna watch yeah, I <laughs> like I am going Modern to girls on YouTube everybody but um but there were some that I wrote down that like I already yeah you you, you did that yeah, yeah and like some of them were like okay obviously headbands like, oh my gosh the yes the reason that headbands were like I mean headbands have kind of always been popular that was the thing in the 60s whatever like Blair style is very much influenced by like 50s and 60s whatever but like you know I think that it would be really hard to say that Blair, like, she was just synonymous with headbands, and so, like, obviously that's why, like, we all grew yeah. up, like, headbands was like, everywhere in the store, you know? And it made you feel just more, like, put together. Yeah, it just was, like, yeah, it was, like, you the fluffy like, look, yeah. so it was, like, headbands were such an yeah. institution because of that show. Um, another, like, this one, I, like, personally am, like, 100%, the way that they... No matter what situation they were in, they were always dressed to the nines, even oh, when they yeah. went to sleep. Like, oh my god, the, the, the I know they're like satin little nightgowns, yeah, little, yeah, skimpy like, little the nightgowns, the slips, like the lingerie. Like, you're 15. Like, why do you, why do you have like? And they would go to so many events every night. Yeah. that they like a masquerade ball where they just wear yeah. like fashion shows. I remember that was like mm-hmm. a whole season, or like the derbies. Exactly, or and I remember like having a phase where I was like oh, I need to have, like, killer pajamas. (laughs) Blair Waldorf, like, they look so glamorous. Like, that's such self-care, whatever, but it's, like, like, you know, no no one can afford that. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. But, yeah, no, it's just funny, like, like, and even, like, like, you know how bandage dresses were such a style in the 2000s? And, like, you know, whatever, like, all of the, and that was such a Serena look. Yeah, that was so Serena. And some Always, sparkly little, like, yes. uh, purse or, like, The sequins, the satchel. metallics, like, and that was totally with her character because yeah. she was so, like, like you know, glamorous, whatever, yeah. yeah. But, um, but no, it's just funny because also, like, I, like, I don't know about you, I didn't really ever dress preppy, but I grew up in an area where there definitely were people oh, yeah, that Chicago. dressed preppy. And so, you know, like, 
that really, like, the preppy look really had, like, took the stage because of you that You saw show, that, yeah, correlation. Uniform. So, wait, so ask someone, because you said you went to private school and you wore uniforms, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, because in the show, like, they have to wear their uniforms, but they definitely put their own spin on it. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blair has the headbands and, like, her little capes and... Whatever, and then Serena has like the neckties and like no, the yeah. plaid miniskirts. So like, yeah, I could like I could go for it. So I mean, we yeah we all the girls would you know roll up the skirts. Mm. <laughs> That's step one. But then <laughs> um, a lot of the, my school, a lot of them were like really wealthy and really well off, so they would wear like you know there's what, what's those goose jackets. Montclair, I don't gray, even. Gray goose. No, not gray goose. That's oh. <laughs> Montclair. <laughs> I think I don't know. Just like really. Ex- Goose feather, like super, super Canadian fun. goose. Oh, Canada goose? Yeah, <laughs> Canada goose. I See, I don't even know. And so they would like wear that shit or like a little Burberry scarf. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, Gucci, Gucci shoes. Mm-hmm. So, so like the accessories. The accessories, yeah, and the jackets and stuff. And the cars. Mm, yeah. And the cars in the parking lot. Definitely. But, um, so I feel like. They didn't, you know, make it look as cool as, um, as Serena, Serena and Blair, Blair did. Yeah, Serena well, had like a. Well, no one can be as cool, right? obviously. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because I, well, like, I went to public, I've gone to public school mm-hmm. like, my whole life, so I never, um, I never wore uniforms, but I always, like, I just always felt like Jenny, because I was, like, the scholarship, like, kid for oh a bit. Oh my gosh, and then you would, were the Humphrey. Yeah, I was, like, the oh Humphrey that, I'm still, like, you know, obviously well off, I can go to school here and everything, yeah. but, in relation so, like, to compared, some of the people, yeah, right, compared. And, yes, definitely. Yeah, like. It's it is interesting because I like I remember when I when I started watching that show I was and it wasn't just that show though because like are you familiar with like what the movie Wild Child yeah like, yeah like, like all that stuff like like I do feel like you know prep school private school was such a like trope yeah it was like something that like oh my gosh that I wish I went there. Exactly, and I, because I, it was such a, like, foreign thing to me, like, I didn't know any, well, like, I definitely knew people in private schools, yeah, like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Catholic schools in my area, but, but not these, like, elite, yeah, crazy. like, crazy, you know, or, like, boarding schools or anything like that, so when I, you know, like, growing up on all those, that stuff, and then Gossip Girl, I was so fascinated by, like, private school, yeah, like, yeah, stuff, and I'm always, like, oh my god, I just found it so fascinating, and then when I started looking at college, well, and, like, Gilmore Girls even, yeah. like she goes to private school, like, when I started looking at colleges, I was, like, not even actually interested in these, like, small, like, Yeah, but you're just schools, for the, But it was maybe, more just, yeah. I was, like, oh, like, my Gossip Girl fantasy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, yeah, it's just interesting, like, how much Gossip Girl, and even now, like, I, I will see TikToks that are, like, I see so many TikToks that are, like, if, um, like, this is what Blair Waldorf's Instagram would look like yeah. if she was a teen. Now. I literally saw that yeah. and Serena. And, I, and I'm like, oh my god, I love these. I'm like, like oh my god, so, so true. Bad. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like in the comments, like so accurate. Um, but speak. Have there's the new Gossip Girl? Yes. Have you, have seen, you seen it? it? I've seen like I've half s- of I it. I saw it, but I couldn't keep up for it. I think it's crazy. They it like as interesting. It wasn't as interesting. They like tried to like pay tribute to the old one. They like mention yeah. the. It's so weird. And I think it's interesting because, well, yeah, in the new Gossip Girl. In the new Gossip Girl, I saw, like, the little poor girl, the the now poor girl, wear, like, Adidas superstars, and that Uh was, like. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, it's interesting because I feel like the the one, I feel like, I, I haven't watched all the episodes, but I've seen more than half. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of the discourse around it is, like, you know, old money, new money, whatever. Like, I don't like the fashion in the new one for the most part. Yeah, I agree. And I have seen, like, but I've seen so much appreciation for the character Monet, her fashion. Oh, is, yeah. Which is so she's interesting the, because she has, oh, she she's, she's like the Blair one. Yeah, she's like the most the, Blair The Blair one, fashion. Which is so fascinating because, you know, I I mean, I'm, you know, not on the production team for the Gossip Girl <laughs> You're not? You're not? <laughs> <laughs> but I can imagine that a lot of thought went into, like, the fashion, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like I think they probably saw, looked at Blair's outfits for inspiration, yeah, and, like 100%. And so I, I think it's interesting, though, that, like, you have all these characters in the new... Well, and Audrey, whose style is... Uh, oh, I like yeah, her style. Yeah, she's, like, she's so cute. So, like, Monet and Audrey 
their styles are the most similar to Blair. And I think it's really interesting that even though you have these new characters with, like, like Julian, who has, like, a very, like... Oh, like, yeah, she's super like, eccentric. Like, like, eccentric. And, like, you know, she's, like, the main, you know... The it girl. Quote, unquote, the, the it girl, the main character, whatever. Yet, all of the online discourse is, like, we don't care about her fashion. We care about Audrey and Monet. Yeah. Which is so interesting because their fashion is the most reminiscent yeah, of yeah, Blair yeah. and the original. And so it's kind of coming back. Yeah, so it and just comes back. and it's Fans just, want the old it's stuff. Just, yeah, it just goes to show, like, just how Full influential. Circle. Yeah, influential. It, like, 100%. that fashion was in the first one. I mean, fashion and everything. I literally go, mm, what you say? And you're like, oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, you, get, no, you know, like, what know, episode I'm talking like, about. Yeah, like, that show, like... Oh my god, yeah. Like I think whenever I think of the show, I think of outfits that yeah, they're wearing. Exactly. Like I I and I remember like Serena at this like wedding with like a bumblebee dress that looked really ugly. And like mm-hmm. I just oh remember like gosh, they're exactly Yeah, they're like bad about. outfits and they're good outfits. Yeah, but I know all the of them were like gloves, extremely yeah. <laughs> expensive designer yeah, brands. 100%. Yeah, it's just like it's it's so interesting. And like you brought up like the music, it's like not only did Gossip Girl impact its viewers in like oh we love this style we're gonna go buy this or like this is what we want to see from retailers but it also like impacted like music like mm-hmm. this artist is now a one-hit wonder because their random song was on gossip girl and everybody loved it you know what i mean and yeah literally this song had a resurgence because everyone is watching gossip girl again and is watching the thanksgiving episode and you know whatever the literally what you say oh sorry Sorry, audience. Popular? I had a, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's my roommate. <laughs> Go pick up my groceries. <laughs> but, Yummy. But, um, but, no, it's just it's just very interesting. And in the same way, also, like, you know, we can kind of wrap it up. But, you know, yeah, like, the fashion, the music, also, like, the, you know, the tourism. Like, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. like, like, you've never been to New York. I've never been to New York. But I have so many friends who have been to New York and they Those have made places. it a point to be like, we're going to the Met. We're going to the like, stairs the on the Met. Yeah, the step, like, steps steps on the Met. They go and they take these pictures like, you know, to recreate. Yeah. Whatever. yeah, yeah. That's so and it's cool. Just, yeah. It's just very, it's, it's crazy how big of an impact it's had on fashion, t- like tourism, music, like all of, you know, the way that we consume things and what we consume and, yeah, it's just Yeah, I mean, it's going to stay with me, like, forever. I know. Like, I feel like Blair Waldorf has forever impacted my style. Yeah, know? I mean, just that, that entire show. Yeah. I'm going to go home and watch it right now. Oh, my gosh, I know. Me, too. <laughs> like, I'm going to pick up my groceries. Yeah, a rainy day. <laughs> a little Yes, it is drama. Austin right now. It's perfect for some Gossip Girl. Some oh. little rainy Gossip Girl. I love it. Well, I think that's a good stopping yeah. point. I want to thank you so much, Kat. Oh, I had such a fun time. Oh my gosh, me too. Time to time, time to go flew watch by. Gossip Girl. Yeah, time, time to go flew watch. By, and now it's time to go watch Gossip Girl. <laughs> In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Stefania Margitu. Dr. Margitu is a media studies scholar, published author, and seasoned professor. Her book, Teen Television, which I've personally read features analyses and research on the history and impact of teen television through the decades. She's had work published in various journals, including Feminist Media Studies, Communication, Culture, and Critique, and Spectator. She's taught at multiple universities, including Chapman University and Columbia College Hollywood, among others. She's also been interviewed by BuzzFeed and Vice for her expertise on media studies and women in the industry. Dr. Margitu is currently a visiting assistant professor at Loyola University, New Orleans, where she teaches a variety of film and media courses. Dr. Margitu and I had a wonderful conversation about teen television and Gossip Girl, and I hope you all enjoy listening. (laughs) All right, well, I want to welcome you, Dr. Margitu. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm very excited to talk about all things teen tv with you because you are an expert so thank you so much for having me yeah um so in this podcast we're very much focused on fandoms and fan behavior and with with teen tv there's just it's like a pandora's box there's just so much that you know you could talk about with fan behavior specifically with teen audiences 
And so specifically in this episode, as you know, we're talking about Gossip Girl and teen TV as a whole and the impact it's had on audiences sort of from an economic standpoint. So how teen audiences are influenced to go buy these clothes because it's the show or go visit this place and, you know, and so on. And so we'll get into some of that, but just to kind of start off, I'd love to take a look at teen TV from a broader perspective. And so I'm wondering just, you know, what would you say makes teen audiences different or unique from other audiences, aside from, you know, obviously the age constraints, what kind of characteristics are unique about teen audiences? Yeah. So yeah, I think even within those age constraints, like the way we can think about how television has changed and shifted and like based on those different demographics. So, you know, part of what I love about television studies in general are looking at culture, you know, American culture or whatever, uh, or whatever other culture you're looking at through a television lens is that we learn a lot of things about not only like gender, sexuality, cultural norms, but like you said, like things like how audiences become more active and how they read these shows. So, you know, originally for me looking at like the history of teen TV, that market was based on, okay, the kids like rock and roll, they like Elvis and the Beatles um, and those kind of older generation, uh, you know, like Ed Sullivan um, finally agreeing to have Elvis and the Beatles on and then having a lot of these early teen shows really based on those subcultures um, or like becoming larger cultures, right, of like rock and roll. Um, for example. So a lot of that rock and roll influence with something like Gidget, the surfer influence, um, with something like my so-called life, the grunge influence is huge. Um, and that kind of like, that's part of why the book is organized generationally too, because there's a, that very like the construct of like the generational specificity too. Mm-hmm. Um, and with something like the OC too, a lot of like, we start to see like even like Seth Cohen, you know, kind of shifting and kind of that like geek culture becoming more popular too. So it's really that how television has been able to adapt or die, right? And with some something as um, as changeable in some ways as teen culture, right? With every generation and every kind of few years, there will be new trends and new dynamics. But we see for the most part, the milestones um, and the narrative uh, stay pretty consistent, right? Um, so what was, what was great about Gossip Girl at the time too, for a good segue, um, is that people started thinking a lot about how it was like a classic like in a lot of ways, like those classic daytime soaps that folks love Mm -hmm. about the rich and famous. But this time it's about the teen, the teen children, right? Of those rich Mm -hmm. and famous. Um, Obviously a popular uh, YA novel too. Like we have like that interconnection between teen TV and especially in the aughts, right? With the YA novel Mm -hmm. um, as you went early on with that too. So there's lots of things to dig in with Gossip Girl too, knowing there's that built-in fan base and thinking about how Josh Schwartz, you know, was like shifting. It wasn't, you know, OC was on Fox. And that he wanted to do like a more mature version uh, than, you know, like the OC was still very suburban. So Gossip Girl has that immediate kind of, they're more sophisticated, right? You, they're drinking martinis. Mm-hmm. There's no like, <laughs> let's get a fake ID, let's get a whatever. They're already <laughs> in, that, in that world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with a new one, right? They're like, just like next level, rich and famous influencers, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but a lot of early, like, it's interesting to me to talk with students about when they watch Gossip Girl when they were younger, either, you know, high school and now that, you know, like middle school or something like that mm-hmm. and seeing that early, um, like, in the OC, there's a little bit of like using cell phones all the time, but obviously with the presence of Gossip Girl and with like that really huge blow up of like Gawker and Perez Hilton too, of like mm-hmm. gossip sites, but also the use of like the mobile device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I got into Gossip Girl. Well, so I, I had like a friend who was really, really into it. 
and had like a fan page and everything. She was super into it and convinced me to watch it. But she was like, it was, it like, it was the week that it was ending. It was like the final episode. She was like, the finale, like, even if you won't watch the rest. And I was like, okay. And then I watched the finale and I was like, hold up. I need to go back. So then I went back. (laughs) Even though, even though I'm, you know, like a Gen Z, a digital native, Mm -hmm. um, I still was like, really into the whole cell phone because yeah it's like you know I have a lot of like cousins who are millennials and stuff right uh that the tech of the time resonated more with them but I still find it fascinating but um yeah look you you talk about uh you mentioned how Gossip Girl had a big impact on fashion um which is something that I talked about a little bit earlier in the episode with a fan a fellow fan of Gossip Girl so can you just talk a little bit about um what you mentioned in your book for, you know, audience members who haven't read it and just talking a little bit about uh, the behind the scenes part of, you know, the fashion on Gossip Girl and how influential it was. Yeah. And I mean, I was super lucky to have also interviewed Eric Damon, who was the, was the costume designer of the original Gossip Girl and is the, still the costume designer for the HBO iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of end the interview with there were a lot of people who he also did Carrie Diaries, um, which was like a short-lived Sex in the City prequel. And it's funny that both Gossip Girl and Sex in the City are coming back because those are also very much parallel in ways that like, um, so Eric Damon, when I first interviewed him, I want, I was really interested in how he got into costume design. So a little fun fact, like he was kind of the junior costume designer on, uh, Sex and the City. Mm-hmm. And if you watch Sex and the City, the first season, almost similar to how you watch Gossip Girls first season, any, any kind of first season, unless, you know, you've got something like a big HBO backing or like it's already got a huge fan base the budget for certain things isn't going to be as huge Mm -hmm. so Eric says like like re uh sex in the city like you think everybody in New York just wears like little black dresses (laughs) um and obviously by like season six and like not to mention right like the movies which like people have Mm -hmm. talked about like compared it to the Super Bowl for like fashion right yeah (laughs) um much something like sex in the city and fashion Milano Blahniks and all those elements Mm -hmm. I think with Gossip Girl um and it's also great for like TV industry history because um you know they again took a chance on it you know there's you know not as much of that high fashion at the beginning but the show also went on hiatus because of the writer's strike so in terms of like that stardom especially of someone like Blake Lively who is like huge now right mm-hmm. um and you know had that a really unfortunate problematic you know trying to be her own kind of influencer and the antebellum stuff right mm-hmm. um yeah yeah um but before that you know like Eric described her as someone who was like just let me be your canvas like I will be Serena like I will just take on Mm -hmm. all the trends you know um and Blair definitely had that more classic like Audrey Hepburn influenced Chanel classic so during the writer's strike they were just kind of like get just getting to be famous and getting to be known so they did a lot of I think just like partying and Mm -hmm. hanging out and so during that writer's strike Blake Lively really became this it girl was going to Italy France hanging out Mm -hmm. with Carl Lagerfeld um and it sounds like Leighton Meester was really a lot more committed to just kind of being Blair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you would even start saying, you know, and obviously for a costume designer, um, product placement is great because you get more money and you get mm-hmm. to, you know, style people in certain ways. And it sounds like the sync between the product placement, especially when you think of like Blair and Serena, like if Serena and Blake Lively by extension was just kind of like, whatever's in style I'll experiment with anything you know I think she started to kind of have a signature style later um and you started to also identify like are you on Blair's side are you with Blair or Serena also the right. same way people started loving sex in the city and being like I'm a Samantha I'm yeah. a you know I'm such a Carrie um and another great thing, um, and I was I was in college when Gossip Girl first aired, but I was still watching it with friends. Like there was a little bit of watching it 
um, less earnestly than I would have watched something like the OC, but there are a lot of adults also watching Gossip Girl because it was Mm -hmm. such a New York show. And I love showing that New York magazine cover too, when it's like best show ever. Yeah. Um, Like these like USC cinephile students, like what, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, But with, you know, with Chuck uh, Bass's style as well, Eric Damon really mentions how because he was, maybe because he was British and a little bit more open to having, you know, different styles, he was like, yeah, dress me like Samurdo Blake Lively, like dress me up however you want, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm obviously like not going to dress like, you know, Chase Crawford, right? And like Nate has more of this almost like preppy, like Vineyard Vines thing going Mm -hmm. on. Not very experimental, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Dan Humphrey kind of has the lonely boy, indie boy, right? (laughs) The pre-U, right? The U prequel. Mm -hmm. Um, So with Chuck Bass, it was cool because I think with that and also to some extent with Mad Men, you kind of start seeing like, men's fashion being a little bit more um like not as boring I guess and especially like boys of that young boys and young men of that generation kind of being able to see something on television you know Mm -hmm. not just like in high fashion or you know on project runway like teen boys kind of dressing that way um it was it was super cool because like young men stopped wearing you know like I think Eric Damon's quote was like wearing like boot cut jeans and an Ed Hardy shirt was no longer like looking nice right um but even like the transition from like men not just wearing like kind of getting away from that 90s baggy jean or baggy clothes Mm -hmm. phase right um so I think really having those specific characters and who you identified with um, and I think also through the character of Little Jay, um, Jenny Humphrey, right, um, was really great because you see, even if she kind of goes down this weird path, obviously, I mean, and who doesn't on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you see her like making these dope clothes and like mm-hmm. she's, you know, quote unquote poor, right? Because she can't afford the designer stuff. But that goes back to like Eric Damon, you know, being, you know, growing up in Michigan and kind of watching something like, pretty in pink and seeing Molly Ringwald's character making her own prom dress and Mm -hmm. it's better than any other prom dress she could have picked out so there's still this kind of sense of creativity Mm -hmm. and my first venture into teen media as a whole was writing about Clueless so something like Clueless would do something like you would have your designer pieces but you would also have that one thing that you could also get from like any mall in kind of suburban America. So it could still be a little bit relatable. And then later on, you know, like, right, you have the recession and Gossip Girl's going on. Um, And so you would start seeing like collaborations between high-end brands or high-end fashion designers and um, something like Target now, which we see all the time now, you know, Mm -hmm. with Target and like Uh, department stores so you start to see like that mesh because those higher end designers weren't doing as well right like Target Mm -hmm. was the most kind of like those mid-level like apparel who were doing the best in the during the recession um so you start to see like low culture kind of having like a like high culture needing low culture in terms of fashion but also Mm -hmm. how tv can like be that bridge right for Mm -hmm. folks who don't necessarily live in New York or have that kind of access and I think that's you know interesting to hear like what you and like your fellow fans did you know in terms of like replicating right like Mm -hmm. those looks as well yeah and I to this day I like sometimes I'll be out and I'm like oh Blair will Blair would totally wear this you know like like you said to your point earlier about um you know, people would kind of similar to with Sex in the City kind of identify with, with, you know, Blair Serena. I was, I'm a Blair girl through and through. And mm-hmm. I still, I still, there are some of my clothes that in the back of my mind, I'm like, I think that's where an interest in this type of style probably came from. Cause I can't really trace it back to anything else. Um, yeah. But 200%. I mean, headbands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, this summer, I was out with my sister in law shopping, and she found this kind of like rattan or this like this headband, and it had the knot on it, but it looked like a little bit, I called it like an earthy Blair look, like a boho Blair. <laughs> She's like, we need to get it. You oh know? my gosh. So. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, the, the impact cannot be understated, truly. Um, 
And yeah, I think when we, you know, with teen audiences, that that's about as impressionable of a audience as you can get. And so I think that's why you see, you know, like I'm very much a teen TV enthusiast, which is why I really liked reading uh, your book that you sent. And so I, I, because it's, it's very fall-ish to me, I will just put Vampire Diaries in the background when I'm doing homework because I really like the voices and white noise and it's just nostalgic, you know, nostalgic. And so I have been noticing though, as I've kind of been doing this like semi-attentive rewatch of Vampire Diaries, that even in there, there is some really intense product placement with technology. They must've been sponsored by AT&T or I don't remember one of the tech companies because they're like, we should order food. And then they take out that. It's like a very unnecessary part of the plot, Mm -hmm. you know, with the cars and stuff too. Um, And it's funny because I feel like with Gossip Girl, you know, with whatever product placement there was, I never felt like it never felt overt to me, you know, with the clothes. And even when they would talk about like, oh, we're going to Bendel's, we're going to Saks, we're going to restaurant. To me, it never felt forced. And so I think that, you know, maybe part of that authenticity is why it was so successful in getting people to jump onto these trends is because it felt, you know, authentic. Um, Yeah. No, totally. Because that's what like the name dropping is completely normal, right? Mm -hmm. Like just how you would name drop certain celebrities or certain famous people they would know. It's like the Hamptons, you know, or like you said, yeah, the department stores that they would go to, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously like, you know, and and of course Blair's mom being a fashion designer has that great entrance, but even if she wasn't, let's say Mm -hmm. like they would have been all about it. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. So is it, you know, in what you've seen and, you know, worked on with teen TV, do you, do you think that these showrunners and these networks that are putting out these teen shows that they have these strong economic imperatives, like they're trying to sell you things. Do you think that's like Mm -hmm. a big, a big part of teen TV, maybe more so than, you know, regular adult TV or even kids shows, you know, do you think that's a, there are strong economic imperatives there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, anytime we're looking at commercial television, that's, you know, that's the core of it, too. That's why I love showing early TV shows that basically like you needed before the networks really had that power. It was all sponsors. So like Mm -hmm. a different show would have a different sponsor. And either at the very beginning, you have something like Molly Goldberg, you know, advertising like Sanka Coffee or, you know, so and so Mm -hmm. Comedy Hour. Like it was way more um obvious then of course and then once you start to have like there's these different along with like the moral panics of teen there's always a moral panic like that um a moral panic from like the economic side like Mm -hmm. oh no the remote control is gonna have everybody not watching commercials right Mm -hmm. so how are we gonna build it in um oh no TiVo is gonna have people not watching it oh no this and this and of course like Netflix, you know, now they're going to release some numbers finally, you know, and the whole point of that was that we don't rely, you know, we're not, it's, it's kind of like, it's not TV, it's Netflix, right? Like we don't rely on the same um, model, you know, we don't need those advertisers. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is the, the nature of how, you know, like early TV and network TV, you know, by extension, the CW too, like having those commercials, that's where you get the money, right? It's not Mm -hmm. subscriber-based. So again, it's another thing when um, showing like teaching and showing, you know, students who now have grown up in the streaming, like on-demand era, like not being as familiar with the commercial culture, like it's still there. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, during that time, and again, that contrast between like a first season and a later season, you see so much more being added on too. Um, and promoted. I think um, for teens, for teens, it's imperative. But I think what's also interesting, again, is like in contrast to maybe like the reliable stuff people associate with, um, you know, like you're maybe like 30s, 40s, like to whatever, like homeowner, let's say, or, you know, Mm -hmm. like that was the thing with millennials too, right? Like, oh, no, they're not owning homes. What can we 
target towards them. But, you know, like watching, if you watch kind of like a domestic sitcom on a network now, or even like if you watch, you know, sports, right? Like there's, it's the, the brands are pretty obvious, right? It's like Coca-Cola, um, Home Depot, like, you mm-hmm. know, all of those kind of big brands, but with teen TV, like it's, it's changing, right? So even with like something like Jane the Virgin having, um, like a pretty strong target, like early on, they had a really strong target, uh, product placement, which was like, she's like the kind of girl who likes to shop at Target and hang out at Target, which like there are people that identify with that. Absolutely Mm -hmm. too. But also it was a little, you know, like there was a push, like, you know, um, and because I think that show is more about, it wasn't a teen show, like teens watched it, but it's like that youth centered show. Like she's kind of in her mid twenties. So I think we can see that economic imperative, but they also don't really know, like, there's always like, are teens going to actually be watching this or is it going to be tweens or is it going to mm-hmm. be grownups who like, you know, grownups who like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always, it's always going to be there for sure. Um, and obviously in the new season, it's a lot, it's also cool how they show that it's a lot more obvious, like through the lens of the influencer characters right and like Mm -hmm. after this you got like this many options so we see like the behind the scenes element of that Mm -hmm. influencer life um a very like you know like one percent influencer right one percent in general and as and and as a result one percent influencer um but yeah I think it's always there it's just kind of it's it's changing right whereas Mm -hmm. like you know, with kids, you know, there's, there's more of like a fear around like children's television, right? Like there have been so many different acts and laws and whatever Mm -hmm. about like not exposing children that to that much commercial elements, but it's there, you know, Mm -hmm. even through socialization, right? Like fans, right? Like my friend has a Barbie. I want a Barbie. Mm -hmm. Um, It like, as we are, we are, groomed right to be those type of consumer citizens Mm -hmm. through our our capitalist system and you know television is a part of that Mm -hmm. um and especially through teens but at the same time you have to you still have to get it right like I think that's what keeps me intrigued with seeing teen shows like you have to get all those elements right um and if it's you know like that 13 reasons why kind of thing if it's a failed show or like a skins remake you know skins Mm -hmm. us remake like the audiences can tell you know if it's just not done accordingly so there's still like that audience matters even more because they're just not as easily like teens aren't just going to watch anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think there's always, it's always going to be a big part of it. And now the way we're seeing it on HBO, I mean, as a result of, obviously we had euphoria and generation was canceled, but, um, with both like the euphoria push and the like critical of success, but also like mm-hmm. how many folks are watching euphoria too, you even start seeing like HBO through HBO Max trying to be like, well, we need like the streamers, right? We need like Mm -hmm. the Zoomers, we need the next generation on board. And so this is what we need to do. So Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't seem as commercially incentive through product placements or regular, you know, ads, um, the streaming folks and the cable folks are doing the same thing through different generations and seeing like how those different demographics are going to watch stuff right yeah well that's actually perfect that you mentioned euphoria because although this is like this episode is about gossip girl I kind of want to sort of end this interview with a little bit of discussion on euphoria which I wasn't planning to talk about but reading your book I started thinking about how um you know well actually I guess I'll start off with this question because the section of of your book that uh introduces talking about euphoria is titled it's not teen tv it's hbo so before we like actually have a little discussion could you just share what what that means to people who maybe don't have it because i like that's that's how i would think of euphoria too or describe Mm -hmm. it but so what yeah like hbo like different than the rest of teen tv 
Yeah, I mean, this was an early super genius, um, you know, marketing, right, from HBO, like the way that it was marketed when you started having, um, and again, we can look at the gendered elements, it was more so pushing like Sex in the City was like, they knew they had the model, and it was considered quality TV for a while, but because it was so associated with that gendered element that obviously and and you know Sopranos was the one they they aired around the same time Sex and the City actually aired a little earlier than just the Sopranos everyone associates that height with the like Sopranos um mm. but yeah those like late 90s um quality right what we you know quote unquote call like quality TV where you have the Sopranos and again partly Sex and the City too because for with Sex and the City it was like we're gonna show single women that aren't married and we're gonna we have the freedom to show their sex lives right mm-hmm. and with the Sopranos it's like we're gonna show you a different side of a mafia family and struggling with things like depression during like you know, this huge push, you know, in America um, for, you know, prescribing medication for depression and anxiety, but all the ads would be like, it's not TV, it's HBO. Mm -hmm. Um, Very serious, uh, very serious, very serious uh, sounding Mm -hmm. commercial too, (laughs) but it was that push and it was, it's cable, right? Basically Mm -hmm. it was cable and you paid. And that was really trying to reach a predominantly white upper middle class college educated audience mm-hmm. um with euphoria what's great i mean and now my students are a little bit more socioeconomically uh diverse but you know i i was watching euphoria that summer it was a summer show um so and i loved it like i thought you know it was great fun and you know everything about the characters and you know obviously even that the fashion was and the aesthetics and the cinematography was elevated, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the cool thing about like makeup being so so huge right now is like there's all these tutorials and there's all these ways like you can make like you can have this like amazing makeup mm-hmm. look just from learning how to do it. And it doesn't have to be expensive makeup, right? Mm-hmm. Or you have like rue, like the kind of clothes they wear. Yeah, they're not necessarily like designer clothes. Um but yeah, having like having that first push, like, and it was a great kind of way ending the book the summer, finishing it up like a year after Euphoria. And I don't know if I got, I didn't get to put it in the book. I, I don't remember if I did, but it was like in production when uh, Zaya got the Emmy for best, you know, for best actress, youngest mm-hmm. best actress um winner so we see the, these like quality discourses of mm-hmm. of something like euphoria so somebody who wouldn't maybe watch a teen show on cw or a network or on netflix right mm-hmm. would be more likely to watch euphoria or again someone who's maybe like in their 20s or even i mean you know there's the taste cultures within teens are very like tar- you know very specific now too mm-hmm. so like an A, you know, like an A24 person would watch it because it's A24 mm-hmm. and A24 is what, you know, is like quality American, you know, indie art house, whatever you want to call it. So I think that those discourses around Euphoria and the production and, but again, everything about it um, comes together so well too. Mm-hmm. Like it is put together so well that like, that generation, you know, could relate to it and like the music, you know, and they were still mm-hmm. doing like some older hip hop songs, you know, that I grew up with. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and obviously that like 9-11 in the very beginning too. Um, so you have more of the production value, you know, and that's what makes it, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's not TV, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's euphoria. And I think that's a big shift. And mm-hmm. with the Gossip Girl reboot too, and I think we're, we're going to start seeing other stuff with, with, you know, like Mindy Kaling just came out with uh, Sex Lives of College Girls too. Mm-hmm. So really tapping into this very untapped like college show demographic, mm-hmm. right? Um, like my students this week were like, I'm, you know, I know the show's not going to be perfect, but like, you can't just have like people be in high school and then be 30 on television mm-hmm. like let, let's tap into that, that um obviously um but that's usually when people think like 
20 somethings like don't have TVs. And obviously that's changed because they have laptops, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's no longer that fear, but they're obviously watching TV just in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think there's, it's gonna, it's only gonna get more now too that HBO's Mm -hmm. had that success through Euphoria Mm -hmm. um, and through the Gossip Girl reboot, right? Yeah, no, definitely. When, like you said, Euphoria was a summer show. And so it came out the summer before my freshman year of college. Mm. When I got to college, everyone was obsessed with it. The soundtrack was at every social function you went to. There were so many Euphoria themed parties. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, so much of the aesthetics of that show is the dramatic and eclectic hair and makeup and the very, Mm -hmm. you know, sparkly, like, fun feminine outfits with characters like Cassie and Maddie and the more like goth almost like some elements of like preppy with Kat and then you know Rue you know so you have all the different stuff and people were so like that I just remember that was a really big part of like yeah social aspect of my first uh semester of college because it had just came out Um, yeah but yeah and I think it's similar you know in a way to kind of tie it all tie it all together now that we're sort of at the end here I think it's it's similar to Gossip Girl in the sense that it is portraying teens in a much more mature way. I yeah. think that, you know, you still have more so in Gossip Girl, like the catty teen fights and like romance mm-hmm. and whatever, but you know, they uh they're definitely more mature and they're depicted as being more mature, mature like in Euphoria. And I think similarly, uh in euphoria like they're still selling you something they're still selling you the soundtrack that then was everywhere mm-hmm. you know, the one zendaya feature and stuff they're still selling yeah. you something but it's not like here's this iphone like right in your face that we're mm-hmm. clearly you know it's not it feels a little bit more authentic like gossip girl did and so yeah yeah I think going and that's what people want like that's Mm -hmm. what you know especially the audience is both like either teen fans because yeah I mean would you have ever thought that you would get to college and talk about it you know like and that the thing that everyone Mm -hmm. was talking about was a teen show right yeah right I mean that speaks to it I mean I didn't think I was gonna I was gonna get to uh to college like maybe it was my sophomore year when gossip I didn't think I would have gossip girl viewing parties you know (laughs) (laughs) um but there we were you know and there were Mm -hmm. you know grown again like people older than me you know blogging about it you know Mm -hmm. as well so yeah there is that both that parallel of showing kids whether or not you know it's it's a specific type of kid because um that kind of lack of the like city specificity in euphoria, I think also makes it more appealing to people and especially Mm -hmm. people who don't just necessarily live in LA, even if it's kind of like meant to be a far kind of distant LA suburb, maybe like Mm -hmm. I'm, it's actually filmed around like different parts of LA, but they make it kind of like almost like a riverside um, Mm -hmm. or like San Bernardino suburb. But it looks like anywhere USA, I think Mm -hmm. too. And like you're saying, like you just listed off so many different types of characters within Mm -hmm. the show and so many different types of styles. So we're also seeing, it's not just, you know, Blair and Serena, right? It's not just two types of, and and again, in the Gossip Girl reboot too, like we're seeing that there's like, it's the the types of characters are more nuanced and complex too, right? Mm -hmm. And they do that accordingly, right? with their fashion as well but with like just acknowledgement too of there's there's a wider variety of you know types of teens as well not mm-hmm. just you know so um so I do think that's important and I do think that's something like you're you're seeing from teens like that's at the forefront too and and obviously especially too I think euphoria and the reboot with Gossip Girl trying to tap into it maybe less authentically I think than Euphoria did too um Mm -hmm. with showing it you know having a trans character who's played by a trans character too and Mm -hmm. seeing that impact um you know almost like hiring these actors you know like Barbie Ferreira or you know like kind of based on what they were already known for right Mm -hmm. like kind of building on their personas too right yeah no, I think, I think that I'm excited to see what happens with the Gossip Girl reboot, like in the coming, you know, but yeah, a lot of people are giving a lot of like the, 
the writing is very like mm-hmm. an algorithm of what people think, you know, like, yeah. kids, you know, the kids are talking like, yeah, it's a lot of buzzwords um, for sure. Like it's, it's yeah. I think it's maybe portraying, which is, you know, a whole other thing, but portraying teens as more woke than they are, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But I guess you're always going to have, you know, the older generations writing as the mm-hmm. teens, which is always going to be something in teen TV, but yeah. yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I think this is a good, good stopping point. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground and yeah, this, this has been such a wonderful interview. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Always happy to chat. And yeah, this is, this is really great. I want to thank Dr. Suzanne Scott, Dr. Guan Soon Koo, Dr. Dave Junker, Julia Beck, my peers in the Moody College Honors Program, and this episode's guests. Thank you for listening to this episode of For the Fans.